0: Welcome to the Crypto Law Podcast, where we bring you weekly audio blogs or discussion on the interplay between the law and all things crypto. This is a quickly developing area and we can't wait to have you along for the ride. Please remember that the information provided is the opinion of the presenter and is not legal or financial advice. With that, let's get started. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Crypto and the Law Podcast. Today we'll be talking about a recent development in the SEC case versus Ripple, whereby Ripple was ordered to disclose two legal opinions from 2012. This past week saw potentially a key development in the United States Security and Exchange's case against Ripple Labs and its crypto token XRP. As we discussed in a previous podcast, the SEC is arguing that XRP is a security, and that Ripple was offside of securities legislation by selling XRP without registering it. In this recent development, Ripple was ordered to provide unredacted copies of two legal opinions that it received in February and October 2012. These legal opinions were with respect to whether the SEC would deem XRP to be a security. So focusing on the February 2012 opinion, it found that, and I'm going to quote a few sections from that opinion that I found on fxempire.com, and a link to that will be in the notes below. Uh, The first quote, coins that are purchased are likely to be prepaid access. Coins could become subject to regulation as prepaid access under the Bank's Secrecy Act. This regulates providers and sellers of prepaid access. Second, any coins sold to investors could be considered securities. If sold to investors who provide founders with the capital necessary to launch and operate new coin, coins will likely be considered securities and subject to regulation under federal securities laws. Third, coins not initially sold may still constitute securities if sold at a later date. Coins could be considered securities when sold on the secondary market at a later date. Fourth, additionally, coins may become commodities. Should contracts for future delivery of coins be developed, they will likely be classified as commodities under the Commodities Exchange Act. And fifth and finally, regulators could treat exchanges as money transmitters or currency exchangers. So based on the February 2012 opinion, it appears out, Ripple revised its business plan and then sought an an opinion on its revised plan. The second opinion in October 2012 found that, and I quote, although we believe that a compelling argument can be made that Ripple credits do not constitute securities under the federal securities laws, given the lack of case law, we believe that there is some risk, albeit small, that the SEC disagrees with our analysis. And this October 2012 opinion Also suggested that Ripple seek a letter from the SEC confirming it would take no action against Ripple over XRP. So, what does all this mean for the current action? Well, on release of these opinions, both the SEC and Ripple claimed that the opinions were supportive of their respective cases. The SEC argued that the opinions demonstrated that Ripple knew there was a risk in 2012 that XRP would be considered a security by the SEC as further argued by the SEC, Ripple ignored this risk and also failed to seek a no action letter from the SEC. On the other hand, the opinions were proactively sought in 2012. This was years before the SEC had turned its attention to crypto assets in a meaningful way and in a dearth of case law on the subject. Accordingly, Ripple could argue that the opinions show that it was being prudent and diligent in its launch of XRP. Further, Ripple can argue that the SEC acquiesced its right to act against Ripple by waiting until December 2020 to launch this action. Put another way, if XRP was such a concern in 2012, why did the SEC wait eight years to take action? Also, from a practical point of view, the October 2012 opinion did admit that there was a small risk that the SEC would find XRP to be security. Although the SEC will certainly use this in its favor... This type of cover-yourself language is common in legal opinions. I would expect arguments from both sides on how much weight to give this statement, with Ripple arguing that it has to be taken in the context of the entire opinion. On balance, the disclosure of the legal opinions are interesting, but will probably have little impact on the legal action. However, there are sure to be more developments as this action continues, and we'll be here to provide updates. As always, this is not financial advice, Thank you for listening, and we look forward to speaking soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Crypto Law Podcast. If you enjoyed it or found it informative, please like, comment, or share. And of course, if there's something you'd like us to discuss, please leave us a comment below or reach out to us on our email. Thank you again for listening, and we can't wait to bring you next week's episode. Welcome to Episode 8 of the Crypto in the Law Podcast, where today we're discussing President Joe Biden's Executive Order on Digital Assets. Let's get started. On March ninth, 2022, President Joe Biden released his long-awaited Executive Order on Digital Assets, the Executive Order on Ensuring Responsible Development of Digital Assets. The Order's Fact Sheet recognizes the explosive growth of digital assets And also that over 100 countries are exploring or piloting central bank digital currencies, which are a digital form of a country's sovereign currency. In acknowledging this growth of digital assets, the fact sheet states that 1. The rise in digital assets creates an opportunity to reinforce American leadership in the global financial system and at the technological frontier. 2. The United States must maintain technological leadership in this rapidly growing space, supporting innovation while mitigating the risks for consumers, businesses, the broader financial system, and the climate. And number three, the United States must play a leading role in international engagement and global governance of digital assets consistent with democratic values and U.S. global competitiveness. So this language from the U.S. government seems to be a clear indication that the government recognizes the global importance of digital assets, and that the government is not going to try and stamp out digital assets. Rather, the U.S. government is looking to become the world leader in this space. The order's fact sheet then calls for concerted effort across various U.S. government agencies to develop a national policy with respect to digital assets with a focus on the following priorities. 1. To promote consumer and investor protection by directing the Department of the Treasury and other agency partners to develop policy recommendations to address the implications of the growing digital asset sector. 2. To promote financial stability by encouraging the Financial Stability Oversight Council to identify and mitigate economy-wide financial risks posed by digital assets and to develop appropriate policy recommendations to address any regulatory gaps. Three, to mitigate illicit finance by directing an unprecedented focus of coordinated action across all relevant U.S. government agencies to mitigate these risks. And I think those risks are somewhat overstated. I think if you look at the statistics now, uh, a fairly small portion of crypto is being used for illicit activities. Four, to promote U.S. leadership in the global financial system and economic competitiveness by directing the Department of Commerce to work across the U.S. government in establishing a framework to drive U.S. competitiveness and leadership in and leveraging of digital asset technology. Again, and we see this with all of this, the U.S. is looking to become a leader. It's not looking to stamp out crypto. I think it's acknowledging that crypto is here to stay and it's thinking how it can be at the fore of that. The fifth priority, to promote financial inclusion by affirming the critical need for safe, affordable, and accessible financial services as a U.S. national interest. Six, to promote responsible innovation by directing the U.S. government to take concrete steps to study and support Technological advances in the responsible development, design, and implementation of digital asset systems while prioritizing privacy, security, combating illicit exploitation, and reducing negative climate change. And the last point, to explore a U.S. central bank digital currency by placing urgency on research and development of a potential United States digital currency, So again, based on the stated priorities in the order, there's no question that regulation of digital assets is on the horizon. However, given the US government's objective to be a leader in the digital asset space, one would expect that these regulations will not be so onerous that they shut down innovation and development of digital assets. Instead, it seems that the US government recognizes that digital assets will play a vital role in the global economy, and it tends to be the leader in the space. In addition to the order seeking to place the U.S. at the forefront of digital assets, the order also places emphasis on consumer protection and the mitigation of systemic risk. Digital assets are still relatively new products, and is a welcome sign to see the President's office take these issues seriously, especially with the prevalence of recent rug pull polls in the digital asset space. Of course, the order is not a regulation, and we'll need to see the actual regulations before passing judgment on whether they protect the consumer, fail in this regard, or overstep their boundaries. So what is this executive order? Well, it's a move towards greater clarity in the digital asset space. I know some of you may agree, may disagree, Uh, but in our view, the inevitable regulation of the digital asset space will clarify the rules of the game and provide some much-needed certainty. This certainty will allow digital assets to continue to grow with confidence and allow new investors to invest with increased confidence. Uh, Again, what businesses don't like is uncertainty. And when you have that uncertainty, that lack of regulation, it causes hesitation in the business world because people don't know what the rules of the game are. They don't want to invest a bunch of money into a business to have regulations then come down the pipe that makes that business unsustainable. So by having some regulation, having a framework, the businesses, uh, the innovation, they'll figure out how to work within that. Uh, It's inevitable we're going to have regulation. So it's it's nice to see that the U.S. wants to take a leadership role on that if they want to take a leadership role, they're not looking to stomp it out. They're looking to work with it. So that's everything for this week. As always, please feel free to reach out with any questions, like, comment, share, and we'll talk to you next time.